0: Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with the Cloud9 Podcast. I have my guest, Hannah Beasley with Ready App. Hannah, welcome on the show.
1: Thanks. Excited to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me.
0: So, So I've been looking for a marketing and sales person who's needs to jump um, to customer success leadership, and, and I, think I, I think I found the person, I, and I, I appreciate you coming to the show. Um, before I get started, I just would love to ask, you know, what what's like a random fact or something that um, nobody knows about you and they can't tell on your LinkedIn profile? Like any cool hobbies, anything interesting that you want to share with listeners?
1: Man, I, I do think that especially right now in the middle of all this quarantine, my life is pretty boring. But I think the thing that's sometimes most invisible is I've got a two and a half year old. And so I'm, you know, coming to work every day after having watched Paw Patrol, fixed the waffle for breakfast and, you know, done the carpool lines and all the things. So I think that's something that it never shows up in the middle of my day and on my LinkedIn profile. So you have two full
0: time jobs. So yeah, you should put right, a headline, right. <laughs> Raising the Future of America and Helping Customers at the same
1: time. That's right. That's yeah. right. Learning to multitask on entirely new levels. That, that's definitely true. So.
0: I like it. I think a lot of listeners can relate to that um, as well. Yep. Um, especially working from home. Customer success. I'm like, I'm like how, how did you get into customer success? Uh, and was that a field you always wanted? Because I, like I said before, I know you started in marketing and in, in sales. Um, but yeah, was that, was that just something you knew you'd want to get into? Like how was, tell us about it, a journey.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was kind of a happy accident. Uh, I got my degree in graphic communications. And so that was really more marketing and really printing focused degree. So I graduated 2009, pit of the recession. Let's just say printing companies were not soaring, nor are they today. So mm-hmm. really, I was just looking for, looking for a job, looking for a great way to use some of my degree and also just to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible with a place that had a really strong interest in technology. And the first company that I landed at, it was a hundred plus year old printing company, but they had this little software development division. And I was really, really interested in that even then. And just kind of knew that as my career developed, I would most likely be moving towards more and more software and technology solutions compared to printing solutions.
0: But did you feel as that a- it was more of sales and marketing for those? Or was there like a point where it was customer success was a you know, we call it account management. It was not even a big work term back then. Right, yeah.
1: right. I mean, the the company that I worked for, we had account managers and we had uh, CSR, so customer support reps who kind of helped alongside the account executives. And so I started out in marketing, working directly under our VP of marketing and really just kind of as a catch-all doing whatever we needed in the company and then got some exposure into meeting with meeting with clients, meeting with customers. And I just loved that. Um, loved getting to hear from them. Okay, what are your problems? How can we build solutions for those problems? And yeah. so, in our organization, the marketing team helped with that, and so it kind of led to a natural transition into sales in that company for me and account management. So that was really my first exposure to it, and just getting to understand how fun it can be to work directly with customers, understand the business problems they have, and how you can solve them.
0: Makes sense. So, so um, you know, when you made the the leap to uh ready app right that's the pronouncer yeah um Mm -hmm. what did you start off in customer success i know you've been there for six years um quite quite a long time for a millennial um (laughs) so i'm
1: told yeah Yep, yep yeah so i started out in customer success there but really um at the time i lived in louisville kentucky and really wanted to work in technology and not a ton of tech companies right there in louisville so I was looking for a way to to get on a a ship that was going somewhere and customer success seemed like a really great fit in terms of really bringing together skill sets from sales and from marketing, because a lot of what you're doing in customer success is really, again, just meeting with the customers and solving their problems and coming up with those creative solutions. And for our company at the time, we had just a handful of customers. And so I was running customer success for all of them and figuring it out as we went very much.
0: So you started off first job marketing, kind of just took whatever job you, you can get, right? Um, nine, right. And then, and then, um, you know, moved to the account executive. You love, love working with customers, right? Yep. Um, yep. Did you, when you moved from account executive to customer success, did you lose that uh you know drive to to hit your fourth financial goal and forecast i know sometimes competition can be different between an account executive and cxf was that ever an issue for you or
1: yeah it wasn't for me but i think that's because there are different incentives and different motivators for everybody right yeah. i was never um, i was never in a sales role that was majority commission so that was never my number one motivator and, and really, I knew that if I had a great relationship with the customer and they and we were solving real problems for them, then, you know, whatever the structure of the comp will take care of itself. And I've been fortunate to work for really good organizations that um, compensated us, whether it be, you know, by stock options or commission or, or whatever, or promotions or lots of different avenues, I think, to really motivate people and to help encourage that drive, even if it's just not a straight sales role. I do think though, for me, I I never thrived in sort of a traditional sales culture either though. So I think for some people, maybe it's a little bit of a relief to not be in a a high, high drive sales culture, but to be in customer success where you've got some revenue that you're working with and you've got these consistent customers and you're building a rapport and you're building on something more long-term. I think really is the difference. And do you love relational work or do you love transactional work? Because customer success is much more relational. Are you a
0: farmer or you're a hunter, right? Are you both? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I did get to do a bit of sales when I first started at ReadyApp. And I still get to play in that world a little bit. Even our customer success managers today, there's always an element of sales to what you're doing. And I have some reps on my team that are more sales minded and they have more of a sales background so they're Mm -hmm. always looking for that nugget in a conversation where somebody says hey i told my friend over at this other company about your app i think they're going to call you that sales minded rep is going to be much more likely to follow up and follow through on that lead and then potentially gain the benefits from following following up on that and getting a new customer
0: makes a lot of sense so a lot of listeners of the podcast might be SDRs, account executives or um you know obviously other people but let's just talk about them uh, for any of them who are listening, you know, what's it like crossing over from from uh, marketing and sales to CX? Is it is it a smooth transition? Is, it, is there is there somebody that you think is a better fit for that? Is there any recommendations to anybody who, who's looking to get into customer success? Um,
1: yeah, great question. So for me, it was definitely a really smooth transition. I worked for you know the company was very small at the time, and so I had gotten to kind of experience several different roles at the same time and really kind of figure out what worked for me, you know, in our own organization, if we're looking for people who are potentially going to cross over, we've got a lot of shadowing opportunities so that people can kind of get exposure to, okay, what's it like? We also do a lot of cross training and have people in other areas of our company service backup for customer success. Mm -hmm. And so with that kind of provides you the opportunity. So if that's something that's available at your company, that could be a really good way for you to see if it's something that would work for you or that you would enjoy
0: so so you recommend um whoever's thinking about it to try to shadow um yeah yeah
1: yeah sit in in on calls. Yep. and learn what they're doing learn what their day-to-day looks like ask them what's the most frustrating thing about your job um that's always really really insightful i think the one big thing that we really look for and that's important when you're transitioning to this role um so in the sales role, that's a role where you're, you're pretty proactive, right? If you don't get your job done, it's not going to get done. Um, and if you don't take the initiative, a lot of times you're not going to make a sale, right? In marketing, sometimes the projects are handed to you. It's definitely almost like a full farming type role where you've got tasks on your plate and you're taking care of them and following through to a deadline. And I really think customer success is somewhere right in the middle. It's really a hybrid of both of those types of roles because um, you've got to be proactive, We've had some folks on our team in the past and, and just in different roles that maybe they didn't have that sales proactive drive. And that can be challenging because there are customers that are difficult and they don't call you back even though they're paying for your product and your services. It's like so you me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there's so much there's so much to it. And you know certainly I have reps that have strengths in one area or another and we really try to balance each other out on that. But you've got to have some aspects of both
0: what was the top skill um, that you learned as an account executive that helped you um, as an VP of customer success, that number one skill that you learned?
1: Honestly, I would probably say listening to customers and mm-hmm. listening, not just for what they're telling you, but for what they're not telling you. So a customer asks you a question or a prospect asks you, asks you a question, it's trying to figure out, okay, but what problem are they trying to solve? Because a lot of times, Customer might come to you and they're proposing a solution, but they don't have the same expertise that you do. And so in the sales process, you learn that. What's the question behind the question? And I think it's really, really applicable in customer success as well, because you're you're the expert, you have the solutions. So dig a little bit deeper, ask a few more questions to understand, okay, I know you asked me for this, but can you tell me what's the problem that you're trying to solve here?
0: I I like that. So you have to listen for what they're not telling you, right? Right. Okay, and that takes intuition, skill. Where did you learn that skill? Do you teach that? Can you teach that skill?
1: Can you teach that skill? I'm trying to teach it, certainly, with with my. Is it something you're just born with? No, I think I think some people are born with a more natural curiosity, and they're a little bit more relational in nature. And some people have been trained even to be more transactional. And so I think where we've had to teach it more is. you know, I'd say if you're customer service oriented, somebody mm-hmm. gets, makes a request of you, you're just going to want to take care of it. And so I think that's where some of the training comes in on my side is, hey, I know that this customer asked you for that, but is that really the best solution? And so just consistently getting my reps to think and to challenge the surface level. And I do think it's coachable. And I think it's something that we train pretty heavily in because, you know, oftentimes customers feel like they've got to come up with their own solutions or they know the solution when you know, you could have just developed a new feature that solves the problem in a new way last week. In the world that we're living in, so.
0: What is the number one bad habit that you picked up as an account executive that you wish you hadn't? Now that you're I the bet. VP of Customer Success, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going extreme. the number one best habit and now the worst. All habit. right,
1: the worst habit. The worst habit. I mean, I think that one of the things I've I struggle with a little bit now is that I know in the sales process, you have the opportunity to learn so much about the customer and what they're going to need in an implementation and then long-term as a customer. And so I know that from selling, taking ridiculous amounts of notes while I would sell and then, you know, comes time to implement And for a period of time, I would do the sale and I would implement it. And so now we've got those handoffs. Now we've got those handoffs and we've got systems and we've got scale. And so you know, the habit of knowing everything about the customer and just really trying to figure out, okay, how do we make sure that this knowledge transfer happens? Um, you know, and if, we, if we're implementing a customer and we don't have great information about them, you know, figuring out, so, okay, where's so where, where the it straight. Your now? best
0: quality you learned was listening and the worst quality was <laughs> listening too much.
1: Is well, that, just getting used to something that wasn't scalable, I guess, is maybe a better way to put it because... You know, you get used to controlling all parts of a process, but that's absolutely not scalable, right? So figuring out, okay, well, crap, how do we engage more people in this process? How do we empower more people? And so just figuring out, how do we scale this? Okay. So,
0: Makes yeah. sense. Well, now that we're talking about scaling, when we talk about like uh, your tech, what, what do you, what do, uh, from a technology standpoint, what are you using um, to allow you to onboard? These customers and make sure they're getting what they want on time. Is it a is it a uh, base camp right type of platform? Are you spreadsheeting it? What's, what does that look like?
1: So great question. We so we use Salesforce as our CRM, um, and then we use Serious Insight to kind of tie in a few different communication pieces with that. Um, In terms of project planning, we do use a lot of, well, Google Sheets, spreadsheets um, to communicate with the customer, just keep it simple in that regard. And then we've got some stuff that's built into our platform as well. I think the, the most critical tool that we've started using recently is that we built out our own Amazon QuickSight dashboard to pull in data from lots of different sources into one place to really give our CSMs a full picture of, What's going on with this account? Um, because we certainly have our own internal stats, but those weren't being married up with Salesforce stats and our, um, and our revenue stats and all everything in between. So, so this that's is your contact, right?
0: Let's just make the kind that you could have whatever you want. And budget wasn't a matter. And I said, Hannah, mm-hmm. what do you need from tech? What is your dream tech stack as uh, a VP of Customer Success?
1: That's my dream tech stack. I think. I know you sometimes... don't <laughs> dream about tech stacks. I
0: probably do. I'm a little crazy. Um,
1: yeah. I, I think one of the challenges I have is sometimes we're running so hard and so fast that I don't dream enough. Certainly, that's a challenge. And I'm I'm more wired to think, okay, what do we need to get done this week, this month? Than where do I need to be from a tech stack perspective in a year? The dashboard was such a big project for us that I don't really know that I've identified what's next on that front. Um, I know that, you know, one of the biggest gaps we have continues to just be, okay, how do we get a score? How do we get a, a, at a glance, where is this customer? And then also, what are, making sure we see red flags and we're able to be proactive about them before they're red flags, right? So really seeing yellow flags. (laughs) So I don't know that I have a specific order that i would make at the restaurant of tech stacks but i i know in my head what the gap you so like your right.
0: dashboard you're already just happy with your dashboard you're like i kind of got what I, I didn't know the dashboard helps so well help me.
1: i needed it <laughs> yeah. i needed it and it was like birthing another child to get it done but we got it done and so now it's like okay what's next how do we keep building
0: T- so. tell me about ready app like who do you help like what's your primary business how do you who do you help and how do you help them
1: sure so we help companies that are predominantly non-desk industries. So think hospitality, manufacturing and industrial, um, retail, healthcare. Mm -hmm. We help all those folks that aren't sitting behind a desk all day. Many of their employees don't even have company email. And so ReadyApp in a lot of cases is the first tech these people have ever gotten at work. So that's really our sweet spot. That's who we help. So with that, all of our tech is mobile first and really designed to make sure that that hourly worker has communications from their manager, um, everyday operational stuff that they need to do to get their job done, while being in a secure, compliant environment. So we really serve the hourly worker, and then all the way up to the top of the company to the people who need to communicate to those hourly of, workers. You know, like, a big, like
0: a big, like a big, could be like a big construction company with people cleaning, you know, construction sites across the country, and keep them all in the loop that they don't have yep. a computer, they don't have email, but they need and then that brings me up to like what's going on with COVID. I noticed hard not to know it's right on your homepage, um, healthy passport, right? It seems like you're quickly adapted your tech to help leaders know who can come back to work. I don't wanna I, I didn't look like too deep into it, but is it something to do with like testing um if you're positive COVID, negative, healthy? What's tell me tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So Like most tech companies, the first month of COVID, we were all working from home and up to our eyeballs in customer support. And so crazy season. But out of that, we really started to recognize, okay, our customers have heavier communication needs than ever. So we were supporting them at, at a very high level. But then also many of them, if they had shut down, we're trying to come up with a plan for people to return to work. So especially in manufacturing, hospitality, It was a massive need to make sure that when they brought people back to work, they were doing it safely. And so we already have a forms feature built into our platform. We helped customers build some forms on the fly for first day of work screening and, you know, a few different questionnaires that they felt were really important. But we quickly realized that, okay, this isn't just the first day of work screening. This is a new way that people are going to return to work. So we built out a platform to enable employees to fill out a daily health assessment. And then that goes into a dashboard so that you can track who has symptoms. And the right people get notified if you've got symptoms or if you've been in direct contact with somebody who's had or is a suspected case of COVID. Also provides a secure place for you to upload if you have a positive or negative test. So a lot of companies are requiring, okay, if you show up and you've got symptoms, you've got to get a negative test before you can come back to work. So it's been really quick. It's been really crazy. Certainly, Building it as we roll it out, as you might imagine. But is, really is this exciting.
0: a product that you're you're upselling to existing customers?
1: So we are upselling it to existing customers, and then we also have brand new customers that are coming on specifically for this product. So we're doing both. So, so as the
0: head of uh, customer success, was was your sales and marketing leadership came to you and like, hey, we have this new product. Your goal was to hit um, this amount of new adoption of this new product, and maybe a revenue goal, or was it is it um, was that talked about? This is where so it's success, really hard to forecast.
1: Goes. Yeah, it's really hard to forecast COVID, right? <laughs> so I yeah. think um, under normal circumstances, we probably would have had more well-defined goals. But under these circumstances, it's really hey, let's let's identify our customers that are most likely to need and utilize this. Let's and and then partnering with my team to communicate to those customers, to manage follow-up, to pair them with sales team members for demos and. Getting those additional contracts signed, so it's really been a partnership and an effort. We haven't been able to put a lot of specific numbers around the forecasting because it's everything's got a big question mark, right? It's 2020, so it's a wild, wild west.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, so so you know, any advice that you have for anybody who's building a CIO department? Is there anything that you wish someone would have told you when you first took the role? You know, what's like that? What's what what, what did you wish you knew now? Um then back <laughs> then.
1: Yeah. Um man, I think I wish I would have known definitely more about hiring because hiring in general is such a crapshoot. And for me this role was the first time I'd done a ton of hiring. And so it's really just hard to make sure that you're getting the right people in the right Who Who is your best so hire and why? Who's my best hire? Yeah. I can't answer that question. <laughs> name name
0: question. him John Doe.
1: No, Let's um, talk about John best, Doe,
0: your best hire, or or
1: yeah, a
0: female name that I can't think of. Quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my best hires, gosh, it's really been less about the person and more about, okay, is the person a fit for the role I have them in? And if they're not, either tweaking the role, tweaking where the person there's gotta is. There's got to be one top
0: hire that you were just like, you hey, I got to hire this person. What was the quality they had, and why are they your favorite?
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, this is a tough one. There, we just got different people in different spots. It's like apples and oranges. So I, I can talk to you about a most recent hire and why it's been a win. So I, I, don't want, somebody, I
0: don't want the politically correct answer.
1: <laughs>
0: There's somebody that you're just somebody. like, thank hey God I hired this person. They're amazing.
1: Yeah, I hired somebody in the last year who has really more of a project management and engineering background, and. Um, she's just brought a different skill set to our team that I've never hired. Did she help you with your dashboard. Um, she's not helping me with my dashboard. I'm <laughs> talking about him for sure. So, um, but that project management skill set and having some background in that has been really, really helpful. the The guy. So we had somebody we hired, and he worked in customer support for several years. He left. And he came back and we rehired him. And I mean, that's certainly a thank God we, we rehired him for sure, because right, right time, right guy. And we just kind of made up the role on the fly. And now he actually, I call him our customer success operations manager. And so that's really been a critical hire for me and my team just to take some of the day-to-day operational work off of my plate in terms of, know, just all the things that bubble up from customer success that need to be dealt with in the rest of the organization. So everything from bugs, um, helping oversee our support team, to helping us craft dashboards and really get access to the data from our systems, Um, you know, writing the queries and figuring out, hey, we've got all this out here. How do we get it at our fingertips? And so he's been really critical in that spot for sure.
0: Nice. Um, Who do you look up for? Who do you look up to in customer success? Who's like your... Your your guru or like the the person he or she that you just kind of always listen and follow um read.
1: So this is a little bit atypical for customer success, maybe, but I, I just consistently see that one of the most important parts of this job is your ability to write effectively and to send a great email and to recap a meeting effectively and to, you know, put together a presentation well. And so and listen. Yes, and to listen and to listen. So certainly, all of those things are critical. But um, one of the people that I kind of religiously read her stuff is a lady named Val Geisler, and she actually her job is she writes emails. That's her job. That's what her consultancy does. And she will she redoes onboarding emails for people, and so she does teardowns of okay, what was the process for onboarding with this um, software company or whatever the case is. And so I love. Reading her work and she sends out a regular newsletter too. And her emails are just so interesting that even though she's pitching herself, I love reading them. And if anybody can accomplish that with an email, then I think I have a lot to learn there because none of us like to read marketing. The power emails of
0: the pen. No, I don't even send them.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. I can't send
0: emails. Failed so, like,
1: Yeah, but in customer success, we got to send emails every day still. Right? Videos. So. I
0: recommend videos. I send videos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, videos too. That's something we, we've done more and more of in the last couple of years too, is just switching. Hey, this could be an email, but it'll- Everything be should be
0: a video. Um, that's yeah. just me, or a voice note. <laughs> I think people think I'm crazy. I don't even write emails anymore. Um, I'm yeah. just videoing and voice noting. What is next for you in your career path? Where do you go from VP of customer success? What is, what is next on the horizon? Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you're not even thinking about it. Maybe that's where, where you want to be, but is there a next- I told for you to that milestone as a chief chief customer officer or are you happy where you're at uh
1: I mean I'm happy where I'm at right now but certainly I'm an enneagram three and I'm always looking for what's next and um you know maybe it's chief customer officer maybe it's something in operations I think it depends on how you're wired right and then also what company are you working for and what's out there um, so a lot of my career and the awesome things that have happened have just been a matter of me being willing to try something and do something new and take on a new responsibility and see if it fits. And so for me I, I'm definitely a lot less linear in how I think about these things. I don't have my sights set on one specific job title but you know I love working for great companies with great people where I can learn a ton and really build something awesome and you know I'm getting to do that today and hope to continue to do that whatever's next for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Hannah, this is an awesome for any any future customer success leader or or, or AE thinking about making a move to success. Um, where can they reach you? How can they ask you for advice? Is it LinkedIn? Is it email? What's the best way to reach out yeah,
1: to LinkedIn is great. Um, feel free to look me up on there. And we're always looking for great people and customer success as well. So feel free to check out the job section on our website and let me know that you heard me on this podcast. Um, I'm always looking for learners. Like Use recruitment code
0: Cloud9 Podcast. That's right, that's right.
1: That's right. I'm always, it's always a leg up for anybody that's like, oh, I love to learn. I love to listen to podcasts. I'm always reading. That's something that I'm always looking for in my hiring process. So I like that. You listening smart. to this. You got a leg up.
0: Smart, so. smart. I, I listen. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Um, thank you again. And uh, everybody, this is Cloud9 Podcast signing off. And I uh,
1: look forward to having you guys hear from us next time we're on the show. Thanks, Anna. Have a good one. All right. Thanks so much.